Welcome back to Caucus Talk. Andrew here. And this is Eli. And today we are going to do some ASMR. And I'm going to make some very satisfying noises like tapping this cardboard box. Then I will crinkle this plastic bag. Do you know what this is? You you told me about oh, it. Oh yeah, I did. And I YouTubed it, and there were a bunch of uh, inappropriate videos that came up. <laughs> that, was not, that was not my intention. So, have you heard of this, Christy? Only from you. Ugh. All right. Apparently, you're the only one who knows. I don't about know. It. How, I always forget the acronym A S M R, and it stands for like audio sensory response or something. <laughs> And it's this thing that people, like some people get chills when they hear certain sounds. And so you can find all these videos of people like making soft sounds with a really loud mic. And and people will sit there for like hours watching them or going to sleep by them or like taking their bath. It's not meant to be inappropriate. It's just like a sensory thing. <laughs> you saying taking a bath to these noises immediately made me Sorry. think inappropriate. Strike it from the record. Well, anyway, we're not doing that, and we shall never do that. Listeners, I always am excited when Eli tells me, hey, I've got a great intro. That's code word for, (laughs) I'll take it from here. Um, Afraid. (laughs) And when he says he loves uh, my ingenuity, that's code word for embarrassed. But never mind all that. Eli, I will say, um, one of our... Elbrus Climbers from our tour company complimented <laughs> your energy on our podcast. Wasn't his question, what drugs is Eli on? <laughs> yes. Was that that guy? What is that guy taking? <laughs> was specifically what he said. Pure, natural, mineral water. That's what <laughs> Number four. It. Number four from my Estochnik. I mean, source. Andrew, how's it going, man? Doing great. In the studio. It's a beautiful day. After 8 p.m. After 8 p.m., An- A- Andrew's speed goes down by like 40%. And downhill fast. <laughs> Mine goes up. But we got a um, a truly homegrown topic for today. This is a classic. And no, you know, no phone calls, no technical stuff. It's an oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. We do have a studio guest. Welcome back for the third time? I think at least. Third or fourth, I'm not sure. There she is. My wife and your friend, Christy. Woo! Welcome back, Christy. Yes, I think it's your third time with us. Should be. It's her house. (laughs) Yes. Um, So we have Christy in the studio. Christy has, between the three of us, the most years experience living in Russia. So she she speaks to this topic, which is guliating. Guliating. Let's say it all together. It's like gu, and like a lot of it, but you put a little yeah in there, so it's like a lot of gu. Guliat. One, two, three. Guliat. So let me give some context here. Obviously, guliating is not a real word. We, uh, well, we use it like it is. Probably, all the time. I bet our local Russian and Caucasus listeners are, are rolling laughing. their eyes. Yes. <laughs> like, you guys laughing, are rolling their eyes. <laughs> Guliat is a Russian verb. And then often, what we will do here, uh, us Americans, is we'll add American endings to the verb. So we'll say, like, guliating or 
She rugated me. That's because you can do that in English. You can you can take a noun like uh whale. think fast. What? Whale. <laughs> like whale? <laughs> like like the, the like the it's not a fish, it's a mammal. Live birth. Well, it's a noun. Mammary glands. <laughs> Warm blooded. <laughs> um fridge. Fridge. So like yeah, like if if there was a fridge on a slope in a moving truck and it like fell out and got and ran into a car. You could be like, that car got fridged. That's true. But that's a really, really weird example. Bad example, but you can do that. No, but you can like verbal verb verbize things. Like, oh, there, I just did it. You Take the word verb, it. which is a noun, and I verbized it. All right. Good. Anyways, uh Goliath, this is it's one of the big three. I'm calling it one of the big three. <laughs> Verbs in the Russian language. <laughs> Listen, I think you will agree with me. So we've talked about the other the other two already Why? on this podcast. These are, I think these three things are maybe the three things that best define what it means. Not what it means to be a Kafkaz, a Russian person, but they all get it and they all do it a lot. It's a big part of their lives. It's like the three strands of the rope of life. Life. Yes. The rope of life. <laughs> the first was Chai. Chai is not a verb. Oh, just a word. Okay, yes. okay, okay. So these are three experiences. Too chai. Chai, we talked about this episode seven, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, and since then a lot. Yes. But this is, chai is like the go-to um, gathering in your home activity. Or if not people home, come yeah. over, um, this is what you do. You gather around the table, you drink chai, and it, it's so much more than drinking tea. It's signifying. Social adhesion. Yes. Great time at the table, many hours. The second is shashlik, which we've talked about a lot more than chai. It just it rolls off the tongues of our listeners by now. They just they all say it. Yes. They all know In it. South Dakota you say chislik. Chislik, same but, diff. Yeah, shashlik. Shashlik is the the go to classic summer hangout outdoor activity. It's like grilling out in the in the West. But I mean everybody, if you say let's go do, do shashlik, they know what you're talking about. They associate fun with it. They're ready to go. Everyone's thinking that gulyat is some kind of food. Gouliat is the third one and maybe maybe the most important. I don't know. I'm dying with system. I yes. mean, I know what it is, but I'm just like dying. I would, it's hard to define oh, Gouliat. Come, just, come on, what is it? I would say this is the year-round go-to hangout activity. <laughs> you cannot, you can't put it in any season. You can't put it in a box. You can't put it in any weather. Nobody puts baby in a corner. All ages, Gouliat. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's the most, one of the most all-encompassing words. Social canopy. Yes. Okay. What is it? Okay. So I want to actually read some, I want to read, I found some really good definitions online. Shout out to Daniel Brooks. I think he's American. He's a Westerner. I found a blog he has, RussianKnowledge.com. Wow. He's married to a Russian lady. Uh Uh-huh. And his descriptions of gulyating are... Does he use the word gulyating on his thing? Uh, we will see. I have right. some quotes here, but they're perfect. So first of all, the definition of gulyat, how would you define gulyat? Who? Me? Yeah, you guys. I Christy? think it's, I mean, at the base it means to take a walk. Yes. But it's so much more than just taking a walk. All right, before you turn us off, just hear us out. Yes. I know that sounds like Boring. supremely lame. Like you've been building up to <laughs> taking a walk. 
you don't even know what is entailed <laughs> yes. in it is they have words for walking on your feet and going and going somewhere and coming back but guliat is its own entity it is it is like much more than ju- it is taking a walk and by that i mean when we say take a walk, we mean to engage in the activity of walking with no particular like geographical goal in mind or yes. purpose. It's yes. just for its own sake. Man, Russian has so many words for walking. Yeah. Huh. Like so many. Tons and tons and tons. And this and is tons. its own universe, multiverse. You yeah, Goliath specifically entails like you're having fun, you're doing it with friends. Yeah. Like it's a leisure activity specifically, not like you're not trying to get somewhere. Yeah. It's so much more than what direction or having to do with motion. And you're right. Like families, kids, old ladies, it means so much more university guys. They all go yacht. Like to go for a walk seems like to me, sort of like a retirement activity or something (laughs) in American culture. Like you don't find like 26 year old guys like, Hey, let's go for a walk guys. Like, yeah, (laughs) we got to go for a walk right now. (laughs) But that's what happens here. All right, Andrew, take us to your research. Let me, let me read what uh, Daniel Brooks says in Russia. Walking is exalted and extraordinary. (laughs) It is not mundane. I'm not talking about the word to walk or hadith, a verb that merely signifies moving from place to place. by No, no. This is about the Holy of Holies in Russian, which Mm. is Tuguliat, a word that is more than several letters grouped together with a certain meaning. It's a frame of mind, a system of beliefs, and an institution that includes among its meanings love, letting loose, and last but not least, walking. Wow. So let me keep going here because he really builds the basket. This is Russia's favorite thing to do, to set set off walking with someone or on one's own, having no map, following no route, and ending up going where your feet may take you. Wow. There should be no time limit. It expresses the Russian need to be unbound by schedule, plan, or time. When the time comes to stroll around, there's no saying no. It's a matter of natural law. I'm, like, in awe. Isn't that so well put? Yeah, that, like, totally sums it up. I mean, you can tell, as a foreigner, he's lived in Russia a long time, and being married to a Russian. And wrestled with this, like, what the heck is this? (laughs) Why are we walking for hours and hours with no purpose? Yes. And, and that's I mean that's a good thing too. I would say like we will do walks as like certainly a like a sport or health mindset will drive like something drives it. But this is not driven, but it's definite. Yeah. Man, I'm just like I want to go now in Goliath. <laughs> like I'm just feeling it rise up in me. So, you made a good point, Eli, like all ages do it. Yeah. But if you use it with different age groups, it can mean different things. Uh-huh. I think it has really like a triple meaning. Uh, some people who say, Davai Paguliat, let's go for a walk. Uh, they're meaning, let's go f- specifically for a walk. Mm-hmm. Others, when they say that, it kind of is implying, let's go hang out. Uh, and Not then, necessarily uh, walk around, but just like have the leisure time thing. Yeah, Like and, go find something to do. Yes, like. yes, yes. The other meaning has more of a negative meaning, and it means, like, let's go party. And often you'll hear oh. people might say that in a negative way, like, ah, those kids are, like, gulyating. Or, oh. like, oh, look at those girls gulyating, you know. Uh, it can have more of a, like, negative connotation. Interesting. Yeah, so 
here's what here's what I want to ask. What Christy, you've lived here a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you, you've mentioned some interesting things to me about like what is the historical significance of this word? Like where do you th- think it comes from that it's so just ingrained in kind of the Russian and Caucasus mentality? Okay, this is totally my own personal theory and I have no idea if there's actual like historical evidence to back yeah. it up. Well, and welcome to Caucasus. <laughs> in, in the Caucasus, that means it has great significance. So. Just say it with conviction. Okay, so my personal theory is um, that people started using guliating as a way to celebrate and to engage with each other when there wasn't much else to do. Like in the U.S., there's, I mean... When you want to go do something with someone, we have a myriad of options. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can go bowling or you can, you know, go out to a restaurant early. I mean, there are so many different things that you can do. Um, Whereas here, I think, especially during Soviet Soviet times, there weren't really as many options and there were often were pretty limited finances. Yeah. And so I think um, my theory for why people made gulyating the like, thing to do on special occasions was you could do it regardless of your financial situation. Well, that's very and empowering. You could always do it re- like, you know, regardless of whether like if there are no restaurants around you and no movie theaters, like you can still always sure. gulyat and find fun. So that's my theory. I have no idea if it actually like well, I would think that, bear up. Well, what resonates with me about that, I did a long time ago, I did a research paper on the advent of, well, I wanted to research roller coasters. I ended up more broadly looking at the advent of, uh, like, amusement. I mean, obviously, amusement has been around since time began. But yeah. in American culture, it really came after the Industrial Revolution when certain sectors of society, for the first time in history, really, had excess money and excess time because they were owners of factories or whatever, whatever, huh. or like more of the middle class people had time and money and they wanted outlets for it. So like some guys doing log trains like said, hey, we could like charge a nickel and put people in the log trains. They could ride up the track and down and they'll think it's really fun. And that like evolved into roller coasters and Coney Island and all this stuff. All that to say the co- convergence of free time and, and uh, what's the word, just uh, cash, like excess, extra cash, yeah, um, yeah. produces those kinds of that sort of amusement mm. industry. And without those in places where it's, it would make total sense that there would mm. be – people would find some other outlet as they – I think always have. Yeah. And I mean, even if you like, I'm thinking about Jane Austen books and movies. Yes. Anytime they had free time, they would go for like five hour walks across the moor. And like, right. And I think that's still, that's in Russian culture today still, whereas it's not as much in American culture. Okay. More moors, it would be. I, I mean, even just thinking growing up in America, my mindset coming into the weekend, I mean, even as a teenager, Couch. was I have the right to be entertained almost. Uh-huh. You know, it's like this desire to break away from the mundane. Right. And Saturday, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, those are the days that I want to be entertained. And I feel like here, I think all over the world on the weekend, more or less people have the desire to rest and relax. But 
I just see with myself, like there was always this, I don't know. Like a passivity to it? Or I think because in America, like there's just so many options of ways you can be entertained. Yeah. Um, And I talked with a friend about this recently. Obviously in Russia today, there are many options to be entertained, you know? Sure. Um, But I, I do think what you were saying, Christy, probably holds some weight that maybe like in the 20th century during the Soviet Union, there weren't as many of those options. But Gugliotting too has a lot more to do with the focus is really on the people you're with, not on like you're doing stuff together, but you're focused on each other. It's not know? focused on the doing. Yeah. What about in the overlay of of Russian or Caucasus kind of attitudes toward nature and being in nature? Because that is a huge component of their outlook and sort of worldview. Yeah. I mean, we kind of joke, but I sort of half believe it. So the mountain behind the university here is called Mashuk, Mashuk Mountain. Um, so every time there's a weekend or a break, our teachers would come and be like, what did you do on this weekend? Did you gulat? They always ask, like, did you gulat? Did you go to restaurants? <laughs> did you go to clubs? What did you do? And easily half the class is like, yeah, we went and gulated on the mountain. And there's people who are like, I just was so stressed. And you go walk on the mountain and like walk in the woods. And you get this feeling that like the mountain has this absorb absorptive that's not a word. Ab- <laughs> it absorbs like stress yeah. mm. and negativity. And I, I feel like this is Russian mindset that nature just sort of sucks out the bad humors or something. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more of the mindset here of nature is real. It's really healthy for you to be in nature. And I mean, Americans think that it's healthy to be in nature. But here it's a lot more of the like they specifically believe like you need to get out in nature to breathe clean air. You need to go in parts of the woods that have specifically clean air. Kinds I mean, of trees. Yes. And so be on. around specific kinds of trees. And like, so there's a yeah. lot more of that. I mean, our nature is much more like the individual, like Emerson type, you know, going alone into the wilderness, not so much for the particular physical health benefits of walking a six mile path, like around the hill in yeah. the woods. Yeah. It's so funny having, I mean, we've lived here for a while now, and it's really funny how specifically this part of Russian culture has influenced us. Yeah. yeah. Andrew and I have realized recently, like we go on dates probably once a month, and a lot of the times, like in America, if we would go on dates, like go to dinner and a movie or something like that, almost every time we go on a date here, we end up going on like a super long walk. Nice. And we... (laughs) Have laughed that we've become yeah. become Russianized living here, but I really with our kids. It too. really is a great thing to do. Now on Saturdays with our kids, we always get out in nature as our as our day off. Gulyat, we go Gulyat. One thing I've noticed about it is, uh, if you go out like so, Russians Gulyat everywhere. Uh, you know, downtown, the Strip, parks. Um, and strip. You mean the main? Strip. He means the main like drag. the main yeah, road yeah, yeah. with downtown. a bunch of shops. Yes. yes. Thank you for clarifying. Um, but if you go out like nine ten o'clock and are walking around, you'll see tons of families with little kids walking, and like in America, no way, not so. Like. Parents. Whereas here, if you go out before 10 a.m., it's totally dead. Like I nobody's on the streets. There, I think it reflects. There's more of a family nighttime culture here versus in the States, there's much more of an early morning culture. Mm-hmm. So specifically what I mean is like, you know, parents of little kids like ourselves in the States, we're getting our kids down, start, sometimes starting at seven o'clock, depending on the age of the kid. But 
for sure by 8.30, they're all in bed. And then it's like time to rest. Whereas like you go out on the the main road here in Pitigorsk, so many families with strollers and little kids. At 10 p.m. Yeah, it's it's such a big culture shift. I think a lot of Europe's that way though. Hmm. Where people yeah, maybe I, are I out know. later with little kids. But Definitely. like, and I've noticed here, I think it bleeds over then into the early morning. Whereas like, you know, with the job I worked in the States before moving here, I, I mean, Starbucks open at 5 a.m. I was in there some days at 5 a.m. working. I would have meetings sometimes at 5.30 before well, work. I was in there at 4.30 a.m. opening up for your meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like here, there's a couple restaurants in the entire city that open at 7 a.m. for no, breakfast. No, not a couple. McDonald's. One. McDonald's, hotel breakfast rooms, okay. some of them. The hotel that, that doesn't really is, count is now a twenty-four hour restaurant. Really? Because it's a it's a hotel. Uh-huh. But it's not just a standalone. But the only restaurant. like standalone restaurant that opens at seven is McDonald's. That might be like in the whole city. Which in the states, I mean, that's some of the best business for for those places is the drive-through on the way to work. So yeah, I, I see a connection there. It's yeah. much more of a yeah. later night culture here. If they could get their son not to rise so early here, then we'd probably be more inclined. But our kids, when that sun, it's like. Boom. So let's make this practical for our listeners so they get it. We're, we live here in the Caucasus. Is there anything that comes to mind? Like, how would you even describe it? Like, when you're looking at people guliating or you are guliating, what's unique to it about here in the in the Caucasus? Okay, well, this isn't specifically unique to the Caucasus. Um, I don't know how guliating in the Caucasus differs from, uh-huh. like, the rest of Russia. But I will never forget my first like baptism by fire into Gulyating <laughs> in Russia. So I was 19 years old. I was like doing a semester abroad. I was living in St. Petersburg and my, it was Easter. So Easter Sunday and my friends were like to celebrate Easter, let's go Gulyat. Like we went, you know, did like Easter church service that morning. And then they were like to celebrate Easter, let's go Gulyat. I was like, okay, I had Gulyated with them a lot before. And so I assumed we would, you know, like walk around downtown for a little bit or something. We walked nine hours that oh day. Oh my like, word. Wow. Literally straight nine hours. I mean, St. Petersburg is a big city. We like walked the whole thing that day. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, this is the worst <laughs> holiday ever. Why did we walk so long? And my friends were like, well, the bigger the holiday, the longer you gulyat. Oh, my word. Like, on not important days, you can go, you know, gulyat for hours. 30 minutes. But, like, you know, Easter, like, this is a huge deal. Like, we have to have a huge, long, like, big gulyat thing. And I, like... I've living here for a while, like I realized that's so true. Like on the big holidays, on New Year's, um, just different ones of the big holidays, like the hours that people are up for gulyating is just crazy wow. to like from my perspective right. and my standard. And I never like I lived with Russians for a long time living here and I never had the stamina. Like often they would be going on these like, you know, Five, six, eight, ten hour gulyating oh, things, man. and halfway through, I'd be like, "Guys, I'm done." Like, and they're in heels. <laughs> I'm just going. Yes, they're always in like crazy stiletto heels doing it too. Oh, that, that is insane. Be, that should be an Olympic sport. The gulyating. Oh, too fast, too fast. <laughs> Foul. <laughs> the, um, uh, speed walking. Gosh, I have like no, nothing nearly as 
like experiences that, Christy? Because you haven't lived with Russians. No, that's true. I have that, not that's lived the difference. with the Russians. I would say I think one thing I observe here, and again, I I don't know that this will hold up under intense scrutiny, but it seems to me that number one, families are out all together and the families tend to be bigger in the caucuses. There are a lot of kids yeah. and they're like zooming on their little scootery things all over. Yeah. But I also notice that like groups of men hang out together and groups of women hang out together. Yes. Sometimes with families in orbit or sometimes just <laughs> the men, you know, or just, Broke just time. the women. Yeah. Um, I friends very readily. Yeah. It's work or it's, a club or sports or something, but I think like it's getting together and they do stuff. Is yeah, which is totally together. cool. Yeah, but it's like without the stuff, it's sort of awkward. To I found with a lot of guys, they don't quite know how to just be together. Now that may be too, whatever, broad reaching and all the like guys are offended, but whatever. I I just really notice like, they'll go out to eat, just yeah. like guys and or just the women. Um, it's the bro t- the bro thing here is very specific I think to the Caucasus. You'll see like two guys walk in with their arms around arms around their, around their around necks each other. Yeah. Just it's a just very there's it like a higher affection kind of. Yes. Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting thing just seeing huh. people like wandering around. Can I so Christy, I want to continue reading from what Daniel Brooks wrote on russianknowledge.com. He says many Russians are able to wander about for a long time. <laughs> The foreigner should be forewarned. My wife can walk indefinitely. Once, when she was seven months pregnant with our first daughter, she and I set off in the snow in our, at our dacha, or like our summer, summer house, home, yeah. in December to Guyat. We stumbled around in snow, piled up to our knees in a field, then into the woods, and after that, through another field. We got lost. She carried on, confident everything would work out. After about four hours, we came home and I collapsed. For her, it was a perfectly normal outing and, in fact, a big success, especially getting lost. <laughs> that is awesome. Pretty much sums it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, f- dang. I'll say the other thing about gulyading is the old ladies who go out and walk night and day, rain or shine, mm-hmm. Summer and winter. These ladies are out. Old ladies. Yeah, and they might not be doing the long walks, but they're always gulyating. Well, and they're often doing a long walk. The they courtyard. may be doing it really slow, but they're often <laughs> doing Inspecting it. Inspecting all the different courtyards of the apartment buildings. And they have their little hiking sticks. Now, I they're don't like know if, the ski poles. Yeah. I don't know if this is a regional thing or a Pitygorsk thing. No, no, no. Yeah. It's all over. They love their yes. trekking poles. That's what yeah. they're called. And they'll put the little curved rubber feet on them, which are made for like, and they just sort of almost drag them behind them. It does. It takes weight off of your feet. It's a great thing. I think they're great. But they'll, you'll just see people like any time of the year going out with their poles and they'll walk with those poles. Yeah, that's true. Especially here on Mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. That we have a neighbor that. Yeah, our, our neighbor does it all big, the time. Big pole trekker, whatever you want to call that. You know, it is interesting that where do Russians gulyat the most? Parks, right? I would assume. Yeah. And, I mean, here in Nalchik and uh, Kabardino-Bolkaria, there's a huge park. I think I've read it's actually the biggest park in Europe. I've read that about the Nalchik part. How is that possible? I, You know what? There's <laughs> lots of claims here. But I've read that. And then Kislovodsk, of course, has a huge yeah. park. But... Typically, when uh, 
people go to parks, they just go and they walk forever, uh, walk in the nature. And that makes sense, like why they love it so much, because it's a place where they can like do some serious gulyating. Do you know, that thought just crossed my mind yesterday. I was telling someone about Kislevold's Park. We're actually driving past it. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this huge park. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's too big. <laughs> I always think that about it. I'm like, it's like a wilderness preserve with trails. I think they really, but now I'm being like, they mean for it to be that dang big because that's what they do. That's so that you can walk in it for nine hours. For nine hours. Though they did just add golf carts to that park so that if you can't walk across the whole thing, you can pay a little bit to ride the golf cart. Sellouts. <laughs> what would they think about softies. segways? That would be an interesting research topic. All right. Yes. Um, I would say, I think, Christy, you probably have the most gulyating experience. Of the Nine hours, yes. With, with locals, <laughs> yeah. Just in that one experience alone. <laughs> that one day racked up my hours. I, I just think back to, we went up to Moscow uh, at the New Year's and we were traveling back into Russia. We had uh, celebrated New Year's with our in-laws in Europe and we decided to spend the night in Moscow, so basically so we could gulyat in wow. Red Square with our kids, right? Which was like such a dumb decision. Terrible it was like idea. negative. I don't even know how many degrees. It ended up, it was like, it was so such much a bad snow. experience. It was really Misery. cold. It was minus something. And we had a ton of luggage. Our kids were tired and jet lagged. We'd had some well, terrible it was flights. Year, so like, it was so packed. We were really cold and like when it was all said and done and we were waiting for the plane to fly home, we were like, we're so Russian. We <laughs> did that so we could gulyat. <laughs> and it like, <laughs> it about killed us. <laughs> you did it. Do you know what, Andrew? I think the first time I met you, you went gulyatting with Shannon. Shannon from Albert's Elevation was visiting you. That was the first time we met? It's definitely the first time I met him. But uh, I remember it because you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. wanted to go walk on Mashuk. Yep, and we did. And I remember, I was like, I'll tag I never, I hadn't been there yet. Oh, oh, that was an epic walk we did too. It that was. was. I'm like, I'm going to, I think I, I left you guys. I was like, this is great everything, but I've got like <laughs> stuff to do. So I'm going to bow out of this. It was, took like 20 minutes to get to the place to begin with. And then you went sailed off in the woods. Um, I didn't really have my... Gulating, you know. We were breaking you in. Appreciation. There was a there was a rhyme nor a reason. Let's give this novice a run for his money. <laughs> Twice around Mashuk. <laughs> yeah, All right, man. Which is like nine kilometers around Mashuk one time, right? Yeah, ten. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would. It's not specific to the Caucasus, but it's something people do here, and it's something yes. Russians do. I mean, Pushkin even he wrote about. He used that word even in his Pushkin. poetry. I mean, that's. That's serious history. It shows that it's been here a long time. Um, but listeners, that's just to give you an idea of it's a big part of Russian and Caucasus society. Shashlik chai, but maybe more than any of them guyating. Yeah, I mean, it really is what people across the board, all ages, all stages, it's what people do for fun here. And I think, I mean, for me, it's definitely become one of my favorite parts of culture here. And it's a great way to engage with people. We've, I mean, obviously clearly adopted it as a family. And I think regardless of where we live in the future, going for long, meandering, pointless walks will continue to be a part of our family culture. Yeah. I would love to hear actually from our Caucasus listeners 
here and abroad. Um, it, is that still alive and well with you? Um, we, I know we have Caucasus listeners in other countries. Are you guys doing that where you, your families are now? Um, I, w- I want to know more about the historical significance of it. There's actually not a lot of information online right. about it, not in English anyways. Not surprising. So educate us. Thanks for listening, guys. This was Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. You got it. We will gulat with you when you gulat here. Yes. Come on. We'll do it.